Hey everyone, and welcome back to Double Feature, the Post Ups Movie Podcast. And with you today, well, with with me today, Lucas Vins, your host, is <laughs> Oliver Hollywood Hales. Hi, hi, back from LA. <laughs> <laughs> And James Cameron's biggest fangirl, Luke Saunders. <laughs> <laughs> we steady stand. We always stand and we will never be quietened. <laughs> quietened. <laughs> you will not silence us. <laughs> um, we're not going to be doing a movie review today. We're going to do something a little bit different. We're doing top three, which is like a top three movie list type thing. Um, I imagine we'll probably be doing it quite a bit because obviously there's not a box office hit every week. To coincide with the Once Upon a Time in Hollywood release, I don't know when this, this should come out around then. I think everyone everyone around the movie scene is kind of doing top nine Quentin Tarantino movies at the moment, so I think that's kind of played out. So it's a little bit more original if we do the top three Brad and Leo movies. Some might be Quentin Tarantino movies as well because there's an overlap there for both of them. Yeah, so who'd like to start? You, Lucas. Okay, <laughs> okay I'll start with number three. Turn it on, Lucas. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. How about you, Lucas? <laughs> My number three... This one was really, really hard. I had, I think I had my number one and two set, but my, the third one was really, really hard. Fight Club is my number three. This was my number three as well. Oh, cool. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, I just think it's... I kind of like had a, a while thinking about it because it's more of an Ed Norton movie that has Brad Pitt in it. Mm-hmm. But I don't know. I think it's a really good Brad Pitt movie. It's a really good movie. I was kind of deciding between that and maybe Seven just because they're similar. Mm. But also Both David Fincher. Yeah. Exactly, and yeah, but no, I really like this movie. I think I watched this movie at a time when I was starting to appreciate films a bit more. Mm-hmm. It's a lot of people's gateway. Yeah, it's a little bit deeper, a bit more interesting themes that you could digest, I guess. But yeah, it's a fantastic movie. I won't spoil it if you haven't seen it. Go watch it if you haven't seen it. It's become a bit of a, a cliche, which is a shame because yeah. it's, it's considered you know, a film bro type movie. Yeah, um, absolutely. Which is a shame because it is still a great film. It is, but it, but it does have bro film bro moments. Yeah, and the film is it's anti bro. It's anti, you know, it's it's sort of critiquing. It's critiquing um, punk sort of hyper masculinity. Yeah, I think I think so. I think that's maybe probably why I took a while deciding when I I know I like Fight Club better than I like Seven, even though there's two great movies. It's I the opposite for me. Yeah, I wouldn't. I wouldn't. I wouldn't even I wouldn't even blame you if you'd like Seven more, but I know I like Fight Club more than I like Seven, but I thought about it extra long because mm-hmm. of stuff like that. Like, yeah, I, it's definitely got that attached to it. Mm. Well, Oliver's is Fight Club as well, yeah. so Luke, that's your number three as well. Yeah, okay. My number three is Inception. Um, See, that was in that was in contention as well. It's a good movie. Inception for me is, I mean, Nolan Christopher Nolan is becoming the the new. PTA or Kubrick in the sense of his his films know no boundary no no boundary sorry they they can be as random as the next and Inception is just a heist film that could not get better yeah it's a heist film in which a world is created to make the best heists possible he he wrote a film that has its own themes in the narrative with you know the creation of the heist is a part of the film that's a whole staple of a heist movie, but when they do it like this, where they're creating literal playgrounds to yeah, yeah. to to do said plans inside, it's it's just an incredible film. And every time I watch it, I'm surprised by how easy it is to watch too. Um, I feel it's also another great gateway for a lot of people when that came out. A lot of people started appreciating, paying more attention to yeah. a lot of aside from Leo as well. 
A lot of really good performances in Tom that movie. Tom Hardy, Joseph yeah, Gordon-Levitt, Ellen Page is pretty Ellen good. Ellen Page, yeah, Marion Cotillard, and uh, a score, oh, Marianne Co- <laughs> and yes. a score that changed modern cinema ever yeah. since that. <laughs> um, now it's been ruined to death, unfortunately. But that's trailer music now. It it did that, so it gets credit for that too. Okay. Yeah. So we can, I guess we can move on to number two. I'll go number two. So the thing about these two movies that are coming up for me, they're probably like two of my favorite movies, just by chance, I think. So number two for me is Inglorious Bastards, another Quentin Tarantino movie, which is good. Stays mm-hmm. on the theme. I love this movie. This movie, I think, also at the same time, like I was saying, um, Fight Club for me was kind of like a pivotal movie. This is definitely one of the first, first big pivotal movies I watched that made me like start loving movies mm-hmm. I remember thanks to mum my mum she, she her and dad had seen it in the movies and she took me she got it on DVD and she's like Lucas 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 just come watch the first scene come watch the first scene of this movie and I was like I don't know like I, don't, I didn't watch like movies like that Yeah, I was like I don't know is it scary I don't know <laughs> mum was like Lucas Lucas just sit down and watch the first first scene and we'll see what you think and I, and I sat down and I watched the whole movie start to finish on a school night because my mom's cool, and yeah, I think I think I really opened opened my eyes a bit to the the film world. It's it's I would say Tarantino's best r- screenplay. Yeah, His, that, that the be best true. writing he has probably ever put forward. That opening scene oh, is just incredible. Do you think that's the best scene in the movie? I saw. I just recently saw some scene comparisons. I think it's it's an interesting way to open a film. It sets a, it sets the whole mood. It sets everything yeah. perfectly, and it introduces Christoph Waltz as yeah. just the just a fantastic oh, performance. The of him grest, the grest, uh, the best villain. Yeah, absolutely, just incredible. Yeah, so that that was my number two. I was going to say with that, it was also interesting with that film seeing Tarantino, his take on historical kind of event a what if yeah Yeah. is in his universe and that's where he started with his historical revisionism if you will um Mm. where he he likes to kind of go around and play with stuff alter real events yeah it's solid i love that it's it's just like inception (laughs) he realizes he can create scenarios that further the tone and i think Mm -hmm. history like historic movies should do that more for sure we don't like when do you see that nowadays his Mm -hmm. historic what ifs so. It's, a, it's something he, yeah, it's something he does. I think mm. that he he's made a theme. I guess right. Really, time. yeah. Not many others have made a name for it. No. Who wants to? Because we didn't get an order last time. Because yeah. Oliver said number three was Oliver, also five clubs. So. Just in case I take another. My one second yours. film is Titanic. Okay, so you've taken my number one. <laughs> Your number, <laughs> my number one. <laughs> God damn. Titanic is maybe even similar ship. to Fight Club, where. It, it sort of became a victim of its own success because, I mean, Titanic was huge at the box office. Fight Club failed at the box office, but Fight Club was really popular as a cult film. But yeah. Titanic was just so successful. I think it was like it played for months. Like it just wouldn't leave theatres because it was so popular. I have read a book on the entire production <laughs> and I can, yes. I can. It, it played for so long and it, I mean, it made validated. the most money um, at that time up until that Second point. Second most money. Well, of all time. Yeah, well, technically. Avengers. Behind Sound of Music or... No, Avengers. Avengers. Avengers Endgame just beat has it. taken over. Right, yeah. Well, at the time, it was the highest yeah. grossing. And it was yeah. also, you know, while the production was going on, the Fox was like, this is going to make nothing. Mm-hmm. Let's literally, let's hurry this up. Let's get this out because it's going to ruin us. 
and you can see how they'd think that because it is a, a sort of odd idea for a story having I mean it makes sense because it's it's a romantic film and you know the tragedy that's going to follow but the film is is so ambitious in the production of every it. single area absolutely and I mean Leo is awesome in it yes. he's just like beautiful his Kate career Winslet was made is great in it as well they're just they're perfect together I think and the the final third of that film when the ship is actually sinking is just it's still jaw dropping. We saw it in IMAX or VMAX, and it's it's like like you get it's, chills. It's edge of your seat, and you I don't chills. use that often, but it's legitimately edge of your seat because it's so long mm-hmm. and it never lets up. In fact, they have you know they have moments to slow slow it down for you mid sink mm-hmm. just to make sure you regather your breath. Just to then give you another twenty minutes of non-stop, yeah, you know, children nearly drowning. I haven't seen Titanic in a really long time. I feel it's like a I should lot. Watch it again. All the practical effects, the fact All they practical. had that that big boat model in a huge thing of water, and they have those those wide shots of the boat tilted and these people flying down the, uh, you know, flying, sliding down, sliding the... down it, and it's so, it's it's like, I mean, in some There's... ways, maybe the last true Hollywood epic. Right. It is, and it's it's truly epic. It's it's monolithic. It has like a two thousand one feel to the ship, not to the to the narrative, mm-hmm. but to to the the way they created that boat is terrifying. The shots of them in the water next to the propeller mm-hmm. when it's tipping, and the propeller comes out of the water, truly almost like a cosmic horror sort of feeling you get of just you're humbled by something so disgustingly giant, something yeah, that yeah. will crush you without you even being considered. I think another thing to spotlight for that film is James Cameron himself, Ride or Die. Are you a James I Cameron I love man? Jimmy. Jimmy is my <laughs> man. <C>. <laughs> um, he knew what he was going for and he wouldn't let anyone stop him. And I think it's just an incredible film. Absolutely gorgeous. Mm. And it's a shame that people now treat it like it's... Just a simple romantic. It's yeah, bad. it's absolutely not. It's again, he wrote, he found a way to, the theme of the film is tragedy. He found a way to heighten that by putting a love story on the Titanic. There's nothing more tragic than that. We all knew how it was ending and uh, it gives that, you know, foreboding dread throughout the film. Which, which goes so nicely, sorry, on top of the, the costuming, which should also get a shout out. The costuming, the set period. Mm-hmm. It looks It's gorgeous. all just great. All it's the all... historians that came onto the uh, set said that they would like cry when they first saw it because it was <laughs> the most accurate thing they've ever seen. Wow. So 100%, I think it should stop being kind of ridiculed a little that's bit. That's what I was yeah. going to say. Another, another movie we've talked about that's probably edited, like changed because of the culture, the mm-hmm. culture around the film. Well, everything was against him during the making of it, but then it came out, it made bank, and it won Best Picture. Is so this a James Cameron podcast? He had though? the last laugh, really. Petition to make a James Cameron podcast. <laughs> he had the last laugh, love, Jimmy C. No, okay, so Luke, we're going to go to your number two now because the Titanic's your number one. So, so my number two is Tree of Life. Oh, Terrence see, this Malick. is my number one. Yay! <laughs> oh. Oh. <laughs> oh, we just... So similar. Um, Terrence Malick's hypnotic prose on what it means to be human. Oliver, what did you like about Tree of Life? It's it's one of the greatest films of all time. <laughs> and when you watch say, it, really. it's it's actually kind of shocking just how grand it is. And it's so grand. It's <laughs> it's like spoilers? Dinosaurs. That's how grand <laughs> this movie 
is. It's just about, I suppose, the existence of life and, you know, the path you take as a human and, you know, going between, well, like the dad is Brad Pitt and that kind of represents, you know, masculinity and kind of force and stuff. And then he has his mother, Jessica Chastain. Didn't, really, didn't really set it up well, but basically it's it's about like the formation of the universe paired against the growing um, formation of a know, family. Yeah, this this childhood story. And it's not a narrative film by any means. And I can understand how people went in to see that and probably hated it. But it's just it's a true work of art and it's it's absolutely beautifully shot. The cinematography is just it feels like uh, a, a Kubrick film. It, <laughs> I've never seen it, this movie. It feels it feels like the shining but outside is the best way I would say it. The way they move through landscapes is very um, there's a there's a knowingness to the movement well wow. if that sort of makes sense like sort of like the camera and there's a style to it that has there's there's a way that films can be shot that has a sort of higher presence to the camera like like we're knowingly watching something we shouldn't and it has a very grand um, way of presenting this family because obviously what it is doing is juxtaposing with the universe and it's it's selling us on, you know, within any family, with any person, there is all of a spectrum of life. There's everything mm. in there. Yeah, it's not the most... I mean, it's not going to be easy to just pick up and watch. Mm-hmm. It is very much... You probably want to be going into it knowing what you're going into. Is it kind of the, is it the kind of movie that you probably watch? Because I haven't seen it, just to be clear. Mm. Is it the kind of movie you watch once and then you just don't watch it for a while and then you watch it again? You'd want to watch it again, I think. Yeah, but you'd no, be definitely. hit by just... It's how how, how big with. it is. You okay. live with it. You, I've never seen anything like it. It's something. It's a movie you watch, you'll think about it, you won't really know what to think, and then three weeks later you'll be in a cafe looking at something and you'll fr- just start thinking of why. And it is, it it is like the that. type of film that I think some people would watch and just call pretentious because it is so... Yeah, Terrence Malick what's is... What's bad about pretentious? Well, pretentious I, I, is striving for... I, I don't think it's a pretentious average. film, but I could. Some people probably would call it that. Yeah, but what's that got to do with the movie? You know, nothing. I love it. That sounds like <laughs> it's not good. Nothing. I love it. <laughs> I'm about to talk about my number three, and it's so it is. number three. I mean, my number one. Sorry, and it's number so, three, <laughs> and it's so like tame compared to you know, the grandest movie of all time. If it's it changed Kevin, my if life, it's Kevin Blart, Mall Cop, <laughs> I will walk. Um. <laughs> Um, I will segue. <laughs> my, num- my number one is Leonardo DiCaprio and Tom Hanks's, and I believe Spielberg. Amy Adams. Spiel- <laughs> I was looking at you to cue. Is it Spielberg? Yes. Yes, yeah, it's Spielberg. Catch me if you can. This is my favorite movie for a really long time. Mm-hmm. Really, really long time. It doesn't doesn't go across the themes of the universe, like <laughs> Tree, Tree of Life. <laughs> But they fly a plane, brother. True, you know, <laughs> up, up, and away. I just, I don't know. I love this movie. I think, it, I think, um, as a kid, it's something. It's like, it's like the epitome of cool, like Leonardo DiCaprio's character. Yeah, he's just going from town to town, all these different identities, pulling off, gets gets caught red-handed, somehow wiggles his way out of it. I don't know. I think he I meets think, Amy Adams. I think this is <laughs> one of Leo's peaks. One of Leo's peaks, early peak. I'd probably say this. The maybe Titanic. Wolf, maybe Wall Street and Titanic. I would say Leo did most of his best work when he was younger. That's a hot okay. take. Okay, that's not that hot a take. I think some. People I think he was a very youthful actor. He has a lot of youthful energy to him. But yeah, also um, Tom Hanks' performance in that movie is really, really good too. I think for a guy who doesn't do 
a ton of character acting. Well, he does. Like, he did Forrest Gump stuff, but it's usually kind of... Feels like Tom Hanks with a twist, like most of his <laughs> stuff does. Tom Hanks yeah. with a twist. That's every <laughs> Tom Hanks twist? movie. Yeah, but do you know what I mean? Though? Tom like, Hanks, but on an island. <laughs> <laughs> but like, um, Forrest Gump is different, I guess. Mm-hmm. But I think this is like gen- like genuinely a character, and he plays um, Carl Hanratty, mm. the detective, very well. Damn. He's kind of this like no nonsense. Look at that detective. Oh, this one you looks one him. of my favorite movies. You could, and you did. <laughs> I did. <laughs> you caught him. But um, wait, that's Leo. You yeah, could, yeah, if you haven't if you haven't seen that movie, I I definitely suggest. Go watching it. I like it. But yeah, that's about it. There's a lot of movies that I want to see. I want to see Tree of Life now. Mm. I definitely want to go back and watch The Titanic. Yes. Well, you can always borrow it off me. On Oliver. One of your one of your two Blu-ray copies, I'm <laughs> sure that I can get. I will lend it out to anyone. <laughs> and yeah, looking forward to the release of Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Oliver, who went to LA, Mr. Hollywood, has mm. already seen this movie. I have. And you said it was good. I'm going to be tight-lipped until I review. <laughs> okay, tight-lipped, tight-lipped. <laughs> that makes for great podcasting, <laughs> am I right? Sure anyway, look at this guy. Anyway, thanks for listening, guys. Um, if you could review us on Apple, five stars, or as Oliver said, whatever you think of yeah, the podcast. Yeah, be honest, be honest. Yeah, be honest. We want feedback. But be five stars. Be honest, though. Be honest. Be honest. But better be good. Uh, <laughs> mm-hmm. Anyway, guys, thanks for listening. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs>